0: And so one of the biggest surprises was managing that. Because I, I, being a pastoral staff, just but being kind of doing my own thing in my own little ministry area, like, it was hard. Like, realizing, wow, we have 13 local partners that we support monthly. The, the details it takes to make that happen, the relationship factor that it takes to connect, making a great, champ, we call them champions and partnerships around here. Uh, how to create that? Mobilize our people to partner with them. And so, surprise was, wow, nobody knows about this.
1: Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast, presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Chris Conner. Chris is the missions and outreach pastor at Mountaintop Community Church in Birmingham, Alabama. But that's not the role that Chris was originally hired for. Chris began his ministry at Mountaintop Community as the youth pastor. I asked Chris how he came to transition from youth pastor to missions and outreach pastor. (laughs) Uh,
0: Great question. Yeah, I actually started a long time ago. Uh, If you know anything about my story, which nobody really does, um, I came from a church that missions and short-term missions and long-term missions were the kind of heartbeat. It it flowed through everything at the church Uh, in every department from from BBS elements all the way to senior adults. uh, Everything had a missions tie, evangelical tie to it. And it was really prevalent in the youth ministry where I cut my teeth, um, and kind of just jumped into it. It was just natural. And so when I accepted the job in 2013 at Mountaintop, um, to be a student pastor, like one of my first questions was like, what's, what's missions like there? What, 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 what are some elements? What can I bring? Okay. Is there something I want to That's keep cool. going or not do? Um, yeah. And they said, there's really, we went to a place last year, but you know, nothing, there's no really structure or strategicness there to it. And so I instantly came in and started doing that, you know, middle school, high school missions started, uh, expanding partnerships with the hopes of going international in the coming years. Um, you know, I, I partnered with an organization called score international and I've worked with them for years. Um, and kind of just brought them into the fold here. And you a lot the resources I have from my, the church. I kind of cut my teeth at in North Atlanta and, just started implementing that, and so about eight and a half years into my my tenure at Mountaintop, we have a new pa- we had a new pastor come on staff, uh, senior pastor, and you know he did the few months in. Hey, you know, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? And I it was funny. I kind of was sitting there going, I always pictured myself to be this Peter Pan youth pastor like i'm never growing up i'm going to be the guy in the bucket hat the tall white socks at 70 years old still leading youth ministry um and i just kind of always wanted to be that but the couple of years leading up to him being our senior pastor were really really tough at the church and as one of the senior leaders i was i kind of took on a good bit of the leadership and helping out and it just, it wore me out and so i told mm-hmm. him i was pretty straight up and pretty honest i'm a very just blunt type person And I said, his name's Carter. I said, Carter, I I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five to 10 years. I want to be in ministry, but Hmm. I'm not sure I could do student ministry much longer. Like it just, it wore me out. Like the things that used to be energizing and life giving were kind of, you know, we're were dragging on me now. You know, I think youth pastors can, can age like running backs in the NFL, you know, about the time you're late (laughs) twenties, you kind of put out the pasture a little bit. There's very Hmm. few. Guys in their 40s doing youth ministry and doing it really well without a big system around them or right? a very healthy system. And so mm-hmm. he said, "So what do you want to do?" So I started putting some stuff down on paper, on job description. And he's like, "That sounds like a missions and outreach type guy, which we need here cause we had not had one full time mm-hmm. on staff since 2018." Um, and so he said, "Do you want to do that?" And I was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Well, first I need a sabbatical. I need I need all these things." To get my mind around what it looks like and to start picking picking <laughs> brains of people i know and kind of create a network and he said yes it's yours <laughs> and so oh, that's so cool. I, I went from youth pastor of 19 years to now just completing my first year in ministry as admissions and outreach it was fun eye-opening uh, adult ministry is different than student ministry it really really mm-hmm, is definitely <laughs> so but That's yeah. awesome. So has it
1: been, has it been life giving to you? Has it been sort of a shot of adrenaline and, and kind of have, of life into, into what you've been doing ministry wise?
0: Yeah. I mean, it really has. It, it was, I, I would, I would lie if I told you what stressful and tiring and uh. some of the guys on staff here kind of jokingly call me the catch all pastor. Cause you know, it's just kind of, when, you, when, when there's not been it's you under exist, the outreach kind of like, banner, right? Yeah. It's under the outreach. We'll do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And so like, we had a sister church we were partnering with that had a dream of a project. And so we turned it into a Christmas offering and I ended up being the subcontractor <laughs> uh, to help renovate a oh, building wow. at their place for a coffee house for their neighborhood. So I was not even, I was barely on our campus for three months because I was up there leading volunteer teams, doing work and that kind of stuff and pulling people in to help, you know, just provide leadership. And, so I, it was kind of hard. I was like, wait, is this what a missions pastor does? Like, I'm not sure missions pastor is a general contractor, but, you know, jack of all trades. And I just, I just, I love kind of my, my heart is to lend a hand in where, where there's a need. I just, I love, I just, I don't like sitting still for long. In fact, if you could see me in my office right now, I'm kind of pacing. You're moving. Uh, I, I have a standing <laughs> desk that I up and down. I just, uh, you know. Uh, And I I really enjoyed it. That's so funny because
1: I'm standing here at my standing desk pacing right now as well. So I think that you and I are getting along just fine. uh, Uh, Thank thank you, you, Jesus, for
0: wireless headphones like that. that Absolutely.
1: That's so cool. So what have been some of the surprising lessons that you've learned uh, after making this transition? You already kind of talked about, well, you're the catch-all pastor. What are some of the other surprising things about this position? Uh,
0: When I took over the missions ministry, like I said, there had not been a full-time person in the position since 2018. Um, and when she left the church, uh, she left a big hole. She was an amazing leader, but it kind of it, was, it came on the coattails of some, our pastor being asked to leave. And she was just, it was a chaotic season. And so I took over, but there was a lay team leading some stuff and kind of helping keep things going with our local partners and our international partners. And so one of the biggest surprises was managing that because I, I, being a pastor on staff, just, but being kind of doing my own thing in my own little ministry area. Like it was hard, like realizing, Mm -hmm. wow, we have 13 local partners that we support monthly. that the details it takes to make that happen. The Mm -hmm. relationship factor that it takes to connect, making a great champ. We call them champions and partnerships around here. uh, How to create that and mobilize our people to partner with that. And so surprise was, wow, nobody knows about this. Like, I've been on staff for eight and a half, nine years, and nobody knew about it. And so trying to get, like, the knowledge of these partners and the organizations that we financially give to, we send people to, we do resources. Like, how do I get that in people's, like, just thought pattern? Yeah. Um, and so it was really surprising trying to figure out how to get into people's day-to-day how to Mm. shift their, their mindset about missions. Cause we know most people think about missions. They think I'm going to go serve overseas somewhere. But my heart is like, I love international missions. I love them. Like I love going on trips. I love sending people on trips, the evangelism side of that. Um, cause it's just Mm. getting outside your bubble allows your heart to be open to more what God's doing, but the local aspect of it, it's really hard to mobilize. Um, because there's always something else they can be doing. There's always a, a something with their family or a game or work. And so this is really tough to get people moving towards their neighbors, like mm-hmm. literally across the road or around the corner. And so, so yeah, mm-hmm. definitely surprising, but it's been so enriching and challenging and, you know, I've, I've truly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah it's almost easier to wrap our heads around sort of i can set aside a week or i can set aside 2 weeks and i can go to africa or i can go to the dominican republic or or something like that and i can serve and do missions and then i've done that and then go back and i just live my normal life and that transition back into you know not just across the the globe but across the street is is hard for a lot of people uh to wrap their heads around what have been some things that you've been able to do to help people, uh, take that, you know, that, that missions overseas type mindset and bring it home. What are some things that you've done in order, in order to make that happen?
0: Well, it's kind of like, I, I like to quote movies. I know you, you're, you're a lover of pop culture. <laughs> I
1: am. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and so I, I think that, um, it kind of, it kind of goes back to remember the Titans for me where uh, oh, yeah. coach Boone is and he goes, Hey, it's like Nova King. Over time, it works. And so, my approach to this is you know, because we don't have real, we didn't really have a big international missions culture. While we supported a couple of missionaries abroad, there weren't, we didn't take international trips outside of student ministry. Uh, we were the ones who went internationally. Uh, and then, well, we had a family trip a few years back, but trying to get it in the culture locally, while there was a heart of service there, I'm more of a like, hey, listen, I want to grow our local heart. By doing international, I it mean, sounds kind of weird sometimes. You know, it's harder to go international; it's much smaller. But my, I've personally felt and seen this in students and even our leaders' lives over the years. with we get them outside of, we say the, you know, the bubble, the Birmingham bubble, um, right? And they go either you know, we've served in Dallas, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, all you know, domestic type places. Uh, disaster relief things, it grows their heart for what happening, what's happening in the city, because they go to these places and go, wait, I see that need in my city, I see that need here, mm. and I've been living, by, but but you don't you don't see it when you're in the midst of. it. And so, if I take people internationally, which is usually the biggest eye opening, because then, well, granted, the technology—it's back in you know back in my day. Now that I'm a, a 40-year-old man, <laughs> years ago. <laughs> cell phones wouldn't work in certain places we went now there's no such thing as international roaming charges really. so people take cell phones right. everywhere and they it's hard to escape but when you go to places you really really get outside your bubble and you come back with a different heart and so that's why i love the pre-training post wrap-up stuff with our mission <laughs> trips we have a you know a mm-hmm. six week minimum training leading up and doing just to familiarity with the team you're going with, but also just to help disciple people, because I think at the heart of it is discipleship. Like mm-hmm. missions is a you know, an air fryer or microwave of discipleship. Um right. Because it, it just it really helps magnify what God's doing. And it, it it pulls away any of your ability to say God's not active and moving. In the world, because Hmm. most people who don't work in churches or don't live on the mission field don't always see God working in tangible ways. And I mean, I I think that's vital. And so some of the things we've done this this year to kind of help that as we do, you got to be a part of bigger things. That's the whole point of like the international missions. It's big. It's huge. It's over the top or even any short term trip. It's kind of feels over the top which creates larger buy-in it's a little bit i'm, I'm trying to i've tried to think of a better way to say this because it seems kind of weird it's sexy you know like it, <laughs> like it's, I, it I, I, I i get it yeah but it's like it's because it has this allure to it um you know even if you're not gonna be a full time missionary a short-term trip has an allure to it and it awakens something and so we created citywide wide serve day you know there's kind of a i guess so there's an amazing church in birmingham called church of the highlands and so I had some good friends oh, yeah. at a church in this city called Pine Lake and Crosspoint City in Nashville, a Crosspoint church in Nashville. Um, And I, I was just, I was talking to them and say, Hey, what, what's what been working for you guys? And they said, these serve serve days are like huge for us. Like it just, you mobilize people. It's bigger than themselves. You're able to partner with so many ministries. Like it's just a like big, big deals. And so I implemented one last year. And of course, like everything else, it's, if you ever want it to rain, you go get your car wash. You know, if you ever <laughs> right. want it to be a bad weather day, plan an outside event. We're there. You go. You know, so we planned something mid to late March last year on a Saturday, and we had three hundred something people sign up, which was a big deal for us because I mean it's a great serve opportunity. And that day it was twenty four <laughs> degrees, spitting snow and rain. Um, and so half <laughs> people showed up, but we still went did most of the pro- and, and, and like 60% <laughs> of the projects were outside. And it's like, Oh my goodness. But it was a great day. But those kind of <laughs> moments were over the top. They're, they're kind of push pin moments in somebody's faith journey where they can call back to it and go, I was a part of that. I was a part of something bigger, you know, and I, I love that we accomplished so much and for the organizations, but I'm, I'm pretty selfish about my people at Mountaintop and our, our congregation that God's called me to help lead and shepherd in this way. I'm so ecstatic what God's doing and did through Mm -hmm. that event in their heart by helping other people. Because truth Mm -hmm. be told, I feel like that's what service is. And why Jesus was such a proponent of service and, Mm -hmm. and just because it's, it's changing inwardly, but also helping outwardly. And so it's changing our hearts while it's helping someone else. And it's just, it's like Jesus was smart. He knew what he was talking about. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You that's know, a, lot. I'm sorry. I'm a, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I love it. Now you you talked about this. You grew up in a church that was really passionate about missions. Um and so it was a part of your experience growing up in church. And then as a youth pastor, you even talked about how short-term ministry trips and getting kids and you know, young people involved in missions trips um is a big part of, of this. So what what how have you seen missions and specifically sort of uh, getting them out of that context and into global missions or into these, these missions trips, how have you seen that impact young people?
2: Oh
0: my goodness. Uh, it, it, it was a bummer for me and a, for a long time as, you, as a youth pastor, you're, you're never quite sure right? as any pastor, anybody who speaks on a regular basis to an audience, you're never quite sure if they get it or if they're listening in teenager world.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: I like guess you're like, are you like, are you really seeing me, hearing me? I'm up here preaching my heart out and investing in your life. Even if it's small groups or, I mean, I'm just, but mission trips, again, it's like a microwave effect when it comes to your faith. And I've loved to see God just awaken something, stir something in their heart. And it's, it's always kind of funny. I always, you know, kind of give the similar message. And we used to turn mission trips into like summer camp a little bit. And I mean that mm-hmm. a little bit like we mm-hmm. would serve, you know, wake up in the morning, we're doing our prayer and Bible study and we're, we're digging into the word together. And I would use student leaders to kind of lead into that um, and write the devotions and then go serve in the morning, hang out, lunch, serve in the afternoon and come back. And we did like church at night, mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. message, Response time, usually interactive kind of moments where, you know, I I always say it's the grow up church thing. You know, we didn't pass the bear, but we had the cross. We nailed things to the cross. We burnt stuff and <laughs> tangible interactive things. And the kids come back and I'm like, that man, I feel so close to God." And I'm like, "Yeah, wow. why?" Because. You're reading, you're digging into God's word. You're serving others. You're around people that are like-minded. You're, you're singing songs of praise and you're just, you're living Mm. out the Christian faith. This is what it's supposed to be like helping others, serving others. And it's it's not, it's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more than say your prayers, eat your vitamins, like Hulk Hogan used to tell us, but (laughs) you you want to dig into it. And like, if you just dig into your faith, like it's simple, but you've got to, Tear away all the stuff that distracts you. And so mm. I, I love, I mean, every year there's a teenager that comes back but, and even a leader that goes with us. Cause again, like I always organize it where adult leaders are, we call, we organize our family groups where there's an adult leader pouring into a teenager. And even as trip leads, as adult trips are starting to ramp up here at mountaintop, mm-hmm. it's about the relationship, investing the people, calling out leadership in them. Like, I don't ever want a leader to just do everything. I want you as a leader to step back and push other people to leadership. Um, mm-hmm. again, if it's, a, if missions are a tool of discipleship for the body of Christ to kind of awaken our hearts and minds, if not for international, for local, like we've got to call leadership out to people. We've got to pull that out and let them see that they have what it takes to lead in their own way and their own capacity. Um, so trips mm-hmm. again a microwave to make that happen, um, to really kind of just pressure cooker for you know three, four, five, six, seven, two weeks. Doesn't matter how many, how many days we have them.
1: It really doesn't surprise me to hear Chris weave discipleship and leadership development into his missions and outreach strategies at Mountaintop. As a youth pastor, that's always a major focus of your ministry. And so it's great to see how Chris is taking that and bringing it into this new role. We'll get back to our conversation with Chris after this brief message from one child.
2: Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive we create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world together we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places together we are a community that sees children as solutions not problems a community with the courage to go to the hard places a community that gives so children can thrive together this is us your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership. Chris
1: mentioned that he's only been in this new role for about a year. So I asked him to share what his vision for missions and outreach at Mountaintop is growing forward.
0: Well, our mission here is inviting and equipping people to follow Jesus. Uh, that's what our church is about. Uh, we want to uh, we are, be a church for the non-believer in a lot of ways. And like this, what are we try try to just to? We're really trying to hone in on the evangelism piece, um, both locally and globally. Um, you know, so last year we took two international trips with existing partners. Um, or we took we took three trips. Actually one was international this year, one we had to cancel due to COVID uh and we moved it to domestic. Uh this year we're hoping to double that uh at trips and but take all those the one was a middle school trip, a high school trip, and a college trip. So our, our youth are leading the charge of missions mm. at Mountaintop. Love it. Um and I love that, but it also mm-hmm. bums me out that like no adults <laughs> are doing anything but paying for these kids to go. Um mm. you know we have local response, we have some amazing adults, but I want to push them. And so in a couple of weeks, uh, I'll be traveling with SCORE to Alaska to work on a men's mission trip plan for the coming year uh, to do work week. Um, we'll be in the Dominican Republic this next coming year uh, and back in Costa Rica. And uh, we have an existing partnership in Tanzania that we are looking at doing a pastor's conference outreach with myself and our senior pastor oh, wow. our leaders here uh, with uh, rural pastors in that area. We've been supporting for about 14 years now as a church. But have not been able to go since 2017. So this coming year, we've got a lot of trips on the board. Um, but kind of the month to month rhythm for us is we do a second Saturday serve. So every month it's kind of a show up and mm-hmm. serve. We go to one of our local partners each month. Um, and kind of just go help expose our people to that ministry, see if it wakens something in their heart and life, varying projects. Um, all throughout the year, and then we have our citywide serve day this coming year in April after Easter, uh, where we're anticipating over 500 people participating in it and just to go out and serve our city, uh, in some capacity. And great. And we, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm literally looking at my calendar right now going that I'm starting to fill out going, Oh, oh goodness. Oh, in the middle of that, there's a capital, (laughs) in the middle of that, there's a capital campaign. Like, you know, know, that piece out. And so. Uh, oh, forget forgot about our – that's all encounter. We're having a medical mission trip to Central America this coming year as well.
1: Oh, um, that's awesome.
0: Because Birmingham is home to UAB, a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses. Mm-hmm. And our, our congregation is growing, and that's why. Like, hey, let's tap into the resource that has already existed in our church and you do help somebody. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a busy year, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
1: That's awesome. So if you could give one piece of advice for a church staff member that is um, in that process of transitioning from maybe some other role within the church, because this 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 happens, um, uh, I'm I'm finding with a lot of missions pastors that they'll be in a different role and then they'll transition into a missions pastor role. If you could give that person one piece of advice as they make that transition or begin that transition, what would you tell them?
0: One's hard. I'll give one in a little bit of a snippet. So yeah, feel um, feel
1: free to uh, to do one A, <laughs> one B, one C. You know right, I'll
0: subdivide this. Yeah. So yeah. one, know what you're getting into. Like, make mm. sure. Granted, you don't know everything because you can't know everything until you kind of walk through it. Like, it's impossible to kind of know what's coming until you kind of live it. And so, but have the discussions with your senior leadership who's asking you a transition, or you're considering praying through it. Say, hey, what are the expectations for the first year? Have a one-year plan. Have a two- to five-year plan. Uh, but also be okay with not hitting your one-year plan as long as it's not. <laughs> because I, I was very ambitious. You know, I, I I came into the meeting. I was like, here's my one-year plan. I'm going to do all this and this. And I feel like they're looking back <laughs> and going – you're crazy.
1: We're going to fulfill Jesus' <laughs> instruction to take the gospel to the like nation. Matthew 28, in one year.
0: It, Matthew 28 <laughs> is accomplished via mountaintop church in Birmingham, Alabama. You know, it's <laughs> the great commission is over. We've done it. Uh, we engaged every unreached people group. Uh, so, but my, my, my first year plan was, you know, I, it was pretty ambitious because I just that maybe that's my personality. Um, I kind of just run into things full first, full force and figure it out as you go. Um, and so, but the discussions I had with my senior leadership, here senior pastor, executive pastor, were like, hey, here's what I'm hoping to accomplish in one year. You know, got to handle some things in, in our world, kind of get some things organized to, to prep. But now that I've gone through a year, I can look ahead and go, okay, I've experienced this. Now I can kind of guess what the rhythm is. Um, and so give yourself some grace. Realize that first year is not going to be everything you thought it was going to be. You might end up being a subcontractor for a sister church around the corner, uh, renovating a coffee house. And there goes three months of your year where you're trying to navigate everything. But just prepare as best you can, but be willing to adjust on the fly. Um, and so the first year is really kind of fact-finding mission more than anything. And it, for me, it kind of helps set the pace and set the tone for what year two is going to be and kind of reshape what my two to five year plan is. Um, and so give it a year and then adjust from there um, if I had to give a one slash a uh, advice.
1: Chris gave some golden advice from his firsthand experience that applies to not only church staff transitioning from another position into the missions pastor role, but for any new missions pastor. First, keep your expectations realistic. It's great to dream big, and we serve a God who does big things. But we also need to understand that He's working a plan that's bigger than us and our church. So we can dream big, but plan realistically. Second, embrace the unexpected. Chris had no idea that a fourth of his first year in this role would be functioning as a general contractor for another church's vision of opening a coffee house for their community. But I also know Chris wouldn't trade that experience for following the plan he had in place when the year began. And finally, take time at the end of every year to look back, adjust your expectations and your plans going forward. There are great lessons to be learned when we see what God has done and then prayerfully ask what he wants us to do moving into the future. I want to thank Chris for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Mountaintop Community Church, go to Mountaintopchurch.com. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. The show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to OneChild.org slash partnership.